welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Well, hello and welcome to our 10th, 10th episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. And this is the first time that you'll be able to not just listen to our weirdness, but also look at it. Uh, We are officially starting our YouTube channel, which is expected to have a million subscribers within the week right <laughs> we're manifesting <laughs> and i'm saying my affirmations every day perfect that's it so before we start i would like to remind everyone that this is a an informal chat that goes on on this podcast nothing of what we talk about is scripted Okay, so it's free-flowing consciousness, or as I would call it, unconsciousness. Subconsciousness. (laughs) I would call it subconsciousness. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, we're going to talk about something that will possibly trigger a lot of people, because my view, the statement I'm just about to make is that you out there are the center of the universe, right? And uh, tell me how this came about, my friend. Well, I I think um, we all remember growing up uh, being told um, not to be selfish. I mean, I think that was something that would have been said on a regular basis, whether it be from parents or from teachers or whoever in authority, that it was bad to be selfish. And what I've learned from all of the work that I've done on myself and also coaching is that actually we need to be selfish and we need to be looking after ourselves first as, as the, the well-known phrase goes in um, self-development circles, it's put the oxygen mask on yourself first um, before you start looking to help anyone else. But the thing that interests me about that is that when, when, do you, when is it too far? When is it that selfishness or putting yourself at the center of the universe actually becomes dangerous or even bad for yourself and the other people around you? Because the intention is that you look after yourself and then you're better able to look after everyone else. But when does it go too far and where does that come from? Well, first of all, let's just uh, define what the word selfish being selfish means okay well it has been 
the the general accepted term to be a person that only cares about themselves right and and for that reason being selfish has had a negative connotation forever since i can remember myself mm. remembering myself <laughs> Uh, being selfish is almost an insult. It's definitely an insult. How can you be so selfish? <laughs> yeah. So why? I mean, we've talked about what it is that the the system, the collective consciousness that is being driven by the media or whoever it is that manufactures consent uh, in our everyday lives, whoever it is that tells us what's right and what's wrong, whoever it is that we believe when they tell us that. So being selfish is actually taking care of yourself or taking care of yourself first. And this episode is called You Are the Center of the Universe because it's quite simple if it weren't for you, what you perceive as the world wouldn't be there. So you are responsible for how you perceive the world. And if, you, if it's not for you, if we take you outside of the equation of your perception, then there, there isn't anything. But we have void. We have pure darkness. So you are very necessary for that equation to even exist in the first place. Which is to say, you know how people say, for example, uh, I, when I, <laughs> let's say I'm debating something, which I never do, by the way. It's very rare that I debate things <laughs> with people, <laughs> as you know. And I say something and someone replies, well, that's your perspective. This is your opinion. To which I reply back, well, of course, it's my opinion is coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Who else would it be? And why is it that something being my opinion is bad in the first place? Does it have to be everyone else's opinion as well for it to be valid? Of course, it's my opinion. Of course, it's my uh, angle of looking at things, of course, is my perspective. And how is that bad? Right? So am I being selfish? Of course I am. Is that yeah. bad? Is that bad? Like who defines that being selfish is a bad thing? Taking care of yourself first is a bad thing. And let me ask you something. What's going to happen if, I mean, you're a father, you brought up Wonderful, free-thinking, powerful, strong, loving creatures, mm. human beings. Now, had you been someone with low self-esteem, with a horrible self-image, someone who was what... Anyone on the outside that uh, wants to be critical would call a loser. Let me ask you then: Would that have 
a positive or a negative effect on you, your, the upbringing of your offspring? What do you think? Negative, negative. Because if I didn't feel happy in my own skin, then I probably would have felt the need to impose and control, impose my views and control them and essentially not allow them to be themselves. And therefore, they could have just ended up turning out like the loser that I would have been in that situation. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I get the fact that it, it was really important to, um, always look after myself. Um, I didn't always do it, but once I learned that that was important, then, then I did. And I've always told them to look after themselves and not to be, not to be taken in by, I suppose, the, the societal idea that, you know, unless you, um, unless you give in to everybody else, unless you go along with everyone else's view, that in some way you're being selfish. And when someone calls you selfish, they might as well stick a knife into you because that's the way it's said. So I get the fact that it's hugely important to be yourself and to look after yourself. Look after number one and then be in a position to look after everybody else. So I get that. Therefore, being called selfish is another buzzword. Yeah. Right? It's another buzzword that has been created by a system that needs to keep you down. Because who are you? Who do you think you are mm. to be selfish, right? Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I, I suppose the, the thing is I see a lot of people, and in the work that I do, people are coming with issues within relationships and within uh, work situations that they've got. And I've been been in them myself. I mean, I, I've worked for at least two people who saw themselves as being the center of the universe. Uh, and to the extent that they did, they also disregarded the people that were working for them. They had no regard whatsoever for them. And their behavior was on one level dictatorial, but on, on another level, it was almost nasty, you know, it was, it, it was, yeah, really over the top. So, and when I was in those, those jobs at the time, it was like, it's over 30 years ago, I had no idea of the concept of, of what was going on. I've only learned around, around the, the behavioral stuff. And in particular, the whole issue of narcissism, where to me, that's where selfishness goes too far. I, I wasn't aware of that as a thing. So therefore, what ultimately ends up is you start questioning yourself because you're in this scenario that this behavior has been imposed on you and you kind of wonder, is it me? Am I, am I, um, am I thinking, um, you know, is this reasonable behavior or is it just me? Maybe I've been too soft. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just a bad day. So that's that's really the the, the issue. I, I certainly get that it's important to be selfish, but I also wonder what's the tipping point and how do people get to that point where they actually have no empathy at all? Well, first of all, 
Let me ask you this question. What is wrong with being narcissistic? I think um, narcissism in terms of looking out for yourself is in itself um, okay. I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with is where you go beyond just looking out for yourself and it gets to the point where you will drive over someone on the road if necessary to get to where you want. You will treat people like, like toys almost, where you use them and abuse them and then discard them. And also you get to a point where you see yourself on a pedestal that it's okay for you to lie it's okay for you to make things up. It's okay for you to do and say whatever you need to do in order to get what you want. So that's, to me, that's way over the actual boundary of what's okay in terms of selfishness and even what would be described as narcissistic behavior in some areas where you're looking out for yourself. That's 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 going way over the top. So before we go any farther with that concept the here's a question another question rather uh is is a narcissist in the way that you define it empowered or not in my experience those that behave that way have a really low sense of themselves they have a really poor sense of of, of themselves and as a result, they actually need to uh, behave in ways which it's almost like they need to demonstrate externally that they are in control or that they are uh, superior. So you get a lot of them who are obsessed with money and accumulating money in order to demonstrate that they are better than everyone else. You'll also see them in a group of people. They will want to be the one who is either holding court and if someone chimes in with comments, they will put them down and criticize them. And they often want to go and find, you know, go and find the most beautiful partner. And then when they've got them, they then become dissatisfied and then they go looking for another one. So it, it speaks to a, um, a real sense of low self-esteem and low sense of self-worth, but they have to then use these external behaviors to try and show their dominance or show their superiority. Well, there you go. So what do we know from all this? We know that being selfish and being a narcissist are two different things. Okay. So this society has told us that being selfish is equal to being a narcissist. And that is not at all true. Because if you're selfish, that means you are serving yourself in the best way that you can. What does that mean? That means serving yourself means that you're doing the best for yourself. Doing the best for yourself has deep spiritual connotations. That mm -hmm. means you do not... In other words, being having a, a very strong sense of discipline mm. is being selfish. Yeah. 
Because why? Because you're doing what's best for you. What's wh what is what's best for you is what is what what's best for your growth. So if you're doing what's best for your growth, in essence, you are doing what? You are contributing to the whole because you are becoming a more robust human being. You are becoming someone who is here to build on their strength, to build on their capacities, to handle anything, overcome obstacles, you know, uh, create and enhance skills, to become a person that is more than they were the day before, okay? This is, in essence, then being selfish. And I can't see anything more beautiful than that. Otherwise, you come into this world to be who? The lowest, most insignificant version of yourself? Who do you serve by not being selfish, right? So the idea here is that we have once again been misaligned through the magic of terminology and made to believe that taking care of yourself is as if you're being narcissistic, which really means to have a very low self-image, which needs to be enhanced by virtue of putting everybody else down, you see? Because <laughs> if you can't stand tall, right? If you can't stand tall, then you will need everyone else to be bowing down. Yeah. Because you will feel small. Yeah. By definition. So we are here to say that I think I think there's a term for this. Uh, actually, there's a philosophy. It's called solipsism. Is that what it is? Um, according to uh, Carlos Castaneda, actually, one of the first people actually talked about this. And he says, Don Juan says to Carlos, to Carlitos, as he used to call him, that that exact phrase, I think he, if I recall correctly, he said, you are to him, you are the center of the universe. And to the extent that the universe won't exist without you. And of course, Carlos, who was the apprentice, was flabbergasted. He just couldn't understand that concept. And once again, put in uh, the conditioning that says, well, doesn't this, this, isn't this selfish? Isn't this blah, 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 you know, very uh, narrow-minded and, and so on, narcissistic. But the idea here is that we don't know if everything around us is a fabrication of our own mind. Right? That is a philosophy that actually could be true. You, you, you don't, nobody can, can say that this isn't true. You can imagine you create a movie. Let's say you are the creator of a movie or a TV series in which you are the hero. You're the star. You're the main character. And everything that happens in that plot and that narrative revolves around you, around your feelings, around your actions, and, and around 
uh, how you will be able to handle everything that's going on, right? So who's to say that this isn't actually the way things are? In which case, who's to say that you're not indeed the center of the universe? You're not imagining this whole thing. Perhaps all of us were in your mind. Or perhaps all of you are in my mind. This is more likely. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, I get, I get the, the, um, the idea that we all have our own perspective. So it's all the world according to me and the world according to you. And it's everyone's separate perspective. And I get that in order to uh, enhance that world, you do have to focus on yourself. I get that. Um, and the ability to do that and the ability to make yourself better is rather than it being a negative, it actually is a virtue. It's something that we should take on and work on. I mean, that's that's uh, that that makes perfect sense. And really, I suppose, I mean, that's the first time I've heard heard it said that the way that we view selfishness is actually narcissism. It really is. It's viewing those and how we see that. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting take on it. And the other point is that someone who's being selfish from a positive perspective, they see themselves elevating by virtue of what they do themselves, whereas on the flip side, the narcissist doesn't believe that they have the ability to do that. So therefore, they have to use either pushing everyone else down or else trying to use external means like money or getting into senior positions or whatever to elevate themselves just a bit above the people that they want to be above. They just don't, haven't got the confidence to be selfish and elevate themselves. They have to work on the basis of keeping everyone else down. Well, I think it goes a little further than this. You see, the narcissist, in my perspective, is not just putting everyone down because they don't think they can do better. They have a wrong, the wrong perspective of what empowers them. Right. So if the narcissist was familiar, intimately familiar with the concept that the more I empower you, the more power, the more I empower myself, then perhaps that condition, as they call it, would just evaporate very, very fast. Sure. So this is a skewed perspective of reality. And we talked about reality in the previous episode. The reality mm -hmm. is perspective. If your perspective is skewed, if your perspective is crooked, then what you're looking at is crooked as well. So mm -hmm. then in order for you to be able to correct this, in order for you to be able to understand it in a different light, you have to dive into that kind of concept. The problem is that the narcissist is disconnected, ultimately the way that I see it. A narcissist is disconnected by the collective. They are not part of the organism anymore. Yeah, they become a can. Look at it physiologically. What happens to the creation of 
cells, uh, the uncontrollable creation of cells, or cells that, or cells, <laughs> it's interesting, uh, that do not contribute to the whole, that do not, that are not connected with the whole. These entities become cancerous, become malignant, and they can completely turn around and massively hurt the collective. So these people are disconnected. Right. And is that because, and the situation that I would have seen is that because of messaging that they would have received from parents where they were shown as being, on the one hand, they were being put down as being worthless and the only thing of value, like parents withheld love from them unless they behaved a certain way, unless they got good grades in school, they were punished and any kind of sense of love was withheld from them. So the sense was that the only way that they could get any sort of value, the only way that they felt worthwhile themselves was to be able to achieve rather than actually feel that they were worthy to be loved in and of themselves. So you've got that on one side. And then the other side is where kids have been brought up and been told there, there's, there's no boundaries and they've been told they can have whatever they want, they can be whatever they want, and that they should be entitled to get whatever they want from whether it be friends or whether it be school or whatever else. So you see the proliferation now in, in say, even in universities where it used to be that you go to university and you, you, um, you know, at 18 or whatever age it is, and you're now an adult, you're on your own and you fight your own corner. And there's a, a huge proliferation now in that when there's issues with students who can't progress in college, the parents are, are getting on the phone for their, on behalf of their 22, 23, 24 year old daughter or son, you know, talking about and arguing with lecturers in order to, you know, my son should be getting more, should be, should be performing better, should be supported more. And it's like as if the, um, the parents are taking over that and creating these little monsters, as it were, who, who are in this position of being entitled. So on the one hand, the, you've, you've, you've got them either uh, abusing them and, and withholding love from them and creating a situation where the child has no self-worth other than the fact that they want to achieve. And on the other hand, they're putting them up on this pedestal. And both trainings, as it were, are creating ultimately behaviors whereby these kids have, they've a skewed sense, as you say, of themselves and a skewed sense of their part that they play in the world. So, yeah, it's interesting that it, that you describe it as being about they're detached. They become detached because of that thinking. Yeah, but, but you know, once again, we say, you say, well, is that a product of a society that is pampering the kids or, or making them entitled or, and, and so on and so forth? And while I would say, yes, of course, of course you know, who can deny that? Uh, this isn't the approach that I usually take 
when it comes to judging uh, an individual's behavior. Because I subscribe fully to the philosophy that we are 100% responsible for our lives and who we are. So you're, I've known people who have been severely handicapped, uh, both mentally and physically, that ended up being beacons of light for the world. Mm. So then what do you tell, what do you tell these people? You know what I mean? It's like it's anybody can say, well, you know, because my mom and dad beat the hell out of me on a daily basis, I became an asshole. Mm. You know, and that, I mean, okay. <laughs> but this is, once again, what? You are the center of the universe, which means you are the one who decides what to do with the data that is given to you. Right, you. That's that's what it means to have full responsibility. Once again, being responsible to escape the neurolinguistic magical programming of this society. To be responsible does not mean to be at fault. Mm. To be responsible means to be that person that has the keys to that vehicle that was driven right, out of the road and into a ditch. But now that you know that you are the one who was driving the vehicle and the reason why the vehicle is out of the road is because of your miscalculation for whatever reason, now you have the power to do what? To drive the vehicle out of that predicament and back into the road which is the difference between being a victim and being the center of the universe. <laughs> but I think the conditioning, the conditioning that brings people to that place, it, it, it's, it's not like the message that you are the center of the universe is not the message that we get, is, is, is not the normal message. Uh, as we said, there's still that messaging out there that you're being selfish and we're not, we're not really encouraged or given the message that we are special, and I mean that in a, in a positive sense, um, that we are capable of anything, and that we are the drivers of our own bus. We are not really given that message, and that typically only comes to people when they reach a certain point, and usually it's a good bit down the road. When they reach a certain point, uh, and start to learn about themselves because having that awareness which is the crucial part in all of this is not something that we all have naturally well we have it naturally except it's suppressed uh, and we're, we're we're not giving messages that we 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 can uh, that we are responsible and that we can make the best life for ourselves that we possibly can we're just not given that message on a regular basis well of course we're not <laughs> Well, of course we're not. This, this, yes. Why are we not? Why is it so negative to be the center of the universe? Like you said, you just said. Why is it yeah. so negative? Because being the center of the universe would put you in a position of power. Yeah. Would empower you. And who wants you to be empowered? 
in this world, mm. right? N certainly not whoever is governing you, whoever is, is telling you what to do, whoever creates the laws for you, whoever wants you to go out there and be a good little boy and mm. do what you're told. Right? None of what it is that we're talking about here is acceptable. None of these is not acceptable, but is hubris. It's the highest form of being uh, evil, even. Mm. That's an evil statement. Mm. If I say someone, oh, I'm the center of the universe, they will probably punch you in the face. Right? Mm. <laughs> because how dare you? How dare you? Like we... Uh, visited that arena a little bit by talking about what it means to be human. Oh, I'm only human. Mm. I'm only human, right? That makes you a good little boy or a good little girl. I'm only human, mm. right? But the truth is that you are only human. You are amazingly and miraculously only human. And that means that you are the center of the universe. And that means that you were created in the image of what? God. And that means that by virtue of being created in the image of God, looking and behaving like an asshole wouldn't be very complimentary, right? To the image of the God that you believe in, would it now? And no. And how is it then that those two things can coexist and nobody wonders, wait a minute, there's a problem here in that line of thinking. Mm. If I am made, if I'm creating the image of God and I have to accept that I am by definition sinful and an asshole, how do those two things fit together? I never understood. Please explain to me if you can. No, they don't. And I mean, it's it's necessarily created and, and spun in such a way as to say that you're made in the image of God, but that's about it. It's like someone took a photograph, but that's up on the wall. That's not who you are. And who you are is someone that needs saving and needs guidance and needs direction. And where are you going to get that? Oh, you got to come to us for that. You got to follow what we say in order to uh, to reach God. So just because you're in the image doesn't mean that you are, and that's been the message, as I understood it, that we've been given. And I think that's obviously we know that's all about control. It's all about keeping people within the herd, and then when people step outside the herd, the the herd is conditioned uh, to such an extent that if someone's climbing out of the pit, everyone pulls them back in. Because they know that it's it's going to weaken everyone, or it's going to cause the cause problems for the whole herd if we let somebody get out. That's right. So, yeah. So and when people start to be unique and be individual and express themselves and demonstrate their power, they they're effectively freaks. That's that's uh, how how it's projected, and that's why it's fearful. I think for us. To take those steps because we we might tentatively do things to um, improve ourselves, make ourselves better, make us uh, make ourselves more the center of the universe, 
Um, but we were very tentative about it because of everything that we've been told, plus everyone around us. They're constantly saying, you know, come back in, come back in. You know, a good example is my son, who's the the traveling musician. He, uh, like, I would get asked questions when when people would say, "Now, how long is he? he he's out of college now. He's, yeah, he's twenty eight at this stage. Yeah, so he's out of college about six, seven years. And you know, the next question is, when is he going to get a proper job? When is he going to come back and do what and use his degree? He's never used his economics degree. So that idea is, yeah, well, maybe he'll get it out of his system in the first couple of years and then he'll come back and do a proper job. Exactly. So it's very uncomfortable for people when he's off doing his thing and there doesn't seem to be a prospect of him settling down. Yeah. Whereas I, I, I always use the, the expression that uh, everybody's always – telling you and teaching you to be afraid of the wolf but in the end it's the shepherd that takes you to the slaughter <laughs> yes yes so so yeah i mean it, it, this is a concept that a lot of people nowadays understand but not a lot of people can accept yeah because what does it mean to accept that it means to to accept that maybe you have spent a, a good part of your life being misguided. Mm. And as another part of our conditioning is the tenacity to just stay on course. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't, like, you know, if you're going towards, if, you, if you're driving somewhere and all of a sudden you find out it's a dead end, mm. You know, it's a, it's a horrible tragedy to mm. face that and turn around and just take another path. Yeah, and you, we don't want to do that. We were taught that no, don't don't you dare, don't. Mm. That's why you're not supposed to go down roads that are not paved yet. You see, yeah, because then you would be risking uh, going straight into adventure and straight into risk. And uh, where's that going to get you, right? That's going to get you killed. That's going to get you uh, mugged. That's going to get you to a place where you don't want to be. It's all unpleasant stuff happening. Mm. So besides, you're going to ruin the tires of your car. <laughs> and all of this is based on the perspective of somebody else rather than actually their experience or indeed what you will experience yourself. So it's people making up these stories are passing this stuff down as distinct from having actually seen it. Well, absolutely, because people need to do that. People need to find out for themselves that they have been entirely both justified and, and correct brilliantly to follow what they've been told. Yes. And, and then they have to prove, because remember, the subconscious mind follows a path, follows a belief system, and then the conscious mind needs to come up with an explanation mm. for it, you see. Yeah. Because, because if the conscious mind does not come up with an explanation, then what happens? It, what happens is we we lose our mind. Is that, that mm. you get institutionalized? These are the people that they cannot explain their behavior away. Right? They are trapped in a, a situation where they do things 
but they cannot explain the reason. They, even if the explanation of the reason is bogus to begin with, at least it's something that we tend to want to believe. But if you can't come up even with a narrative, then you're in trouble. Mm. Then you are admitting to yourself that uh, your life is not driven by logic. Your life is not driven by the definition of uh, rational thinking, which is to say you've been living your life in the darkness. You, you, someone else is guiding you down the rabbit hole while you yeah. think you're driving that vehicle, right? Yeah. And then potentially you get to the final stages of your life. And I can't remember, it was, I think it was some Russian writer wrote the story of um, a guy who on his deathbed said, what if my whole life has been wrong? Right. This is the, the greatest fear that someone will have that kind of realization that what if my whole life was wrong? So if we look at the, the idea of the selfishness and the empowerment and given the fact that there's so many people and so many um, aspects of what you're surrounded by in society pulling you back, how do you press on? And coming from where you come from and, you know, under understanding the subconscious mind, I mean, how do, you, how do you keep going and how do you feed the idea that you can, you can actually press forward? What do you need to do to support that? Well, everything you do, you need evidence for, right? That evidence, however, this is what most people know, can be real or imagined. So in the instance of convincing the subconscious mind to go one path or another path, all you need is your imagination to start with. Uh, because where you, you know, everyone knows what they want. Well, everyone certainly knows what they think they want, which is money. But uh, everyone deep down inside, they're after something. Mm. Uh, and, and a lot of people, the majority of people, perhaps, they're after something they don't think they either deserve or they are equipped to acquire. Yeah. They don't have the skills. They don't have, the, I don't know, the good luck, whatever it is that it takes. They don't have that stuff. So the initial idea here is that these both these statements are what generally um, a, a guru, a self-help guru, uh, would uh, label as limiting beliefs. We talked about those babies yeah. on our second episode, I think. It was. So the limiting beliefs is not the problem if you understand what that really means. That means if your limiting beliefs are driving you, there is something to understand out of that. And that is your beliefs are driving you. So mm -hmm. instead of limiting yourself to the limiting beliefs, you get the inner the intimate understanding that it is your beliefs that drive your behavior. Hmm. It's your beliefs that drive your destiny, and it is your beliefs that drive and create your reality quite literally. So if the beliefs that you have currently are showing you a reality which sucks, 
all you need to do is start changing your beliefs, right? That would make sense. So then the question is, how do you do that, right? We keep on hinting upon that on every single episode that we do. How do you do that? How do you change your beliefs? You start by, you're asking me how I keep on pushing on because the image that I am drawing, I'm an artist as well, right? So I am familiar with the process of creation. How does that happen? Does that process happen? I have to what? Imagine something in the beginning, mm. right? I have to have what is to imagine is to have an image appear in your mind. Yeah. So I have that image, and then as I keep that image still, as I keep the image there. What do I do? I draw from, I literally draw from that image. So we draw information, we draw data from the image that we have formed in our imagination. And piece by piece, line by line, block by block, we get to materialize that image. And this is how you keep on pushing on because as you know, you've done creative pro projects, you know, with your uh, wood carving or whatever. Uh, uh, so how do you keep on being excited and motivated to continue on that project? Oh, I put another successful curve in there. Look at me. I didn't screw it up. <laughs> I, I did a little bit of that today and I didn't screw it up. It, it's now I can, I can see. You see, you look, you look at the, uh, you can you can look at what it is that you're working on and all of a sudden you see it clearly. Mm. And that is what keeps you pushing on mm. in a same, in a similar manner as if you, if someone, if that was like one of those uh, survival games where somebody stuffed you down some kind of huge gigantic pipe that goes to nowhere, or seemingly goes to nowhere, you know, you go, you crawl and, you, and you know, you're in the middle of like nowhere, of course, and you don't know if you're gonna survive and you start getting discouraged. You start getting pessimistic, but then you see a little light at the end of the tunnel, right? What happened? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, <laughs> there it is. I see it, I see it. And what does this do? That gives you magic. That gives you an unstoppable magic because now you are ready to, you know, grab onto forces that you never even thought you had. Mm. I mean, you've seen movies like that where the yeah. character goes through that hero's journey and they're now abandoned like in the middle of the ocean, you know, the whatever the the boats sank and, and they are now, you know, uh, swimming uh, in the black ocean with sharks around. It was just almost definite, definite death. <laughs> but then a little something happens that makes everything, uh, makes us draw another breath. Mm. Because we see, oh, you know, okay, I managed to do this. I managed to conserve enough water. I managed to inflate that uh, little boat. Uh, I managed to do something that now will 
sustain this image, will sustain this dream creation for another minute. And mm. that is more than enough because within another minute of doing that, something else will show up. Does this make sense? Yeah. So what I'm getting is that rather than focusing on how we, you know, make ourselves different, realize our potential, you know, have that as the goal itself, that really what we should be focusing on is almost the one step at a time. And one step is what, what do I want to create next? What do I want to create next? And whether that creation is I want to travel to some, you know, dim and distant part of the world or whether it's I'm going to paint something or I'm going to build something uh, or I'm going to acquire something that that that's it, it, it's it's steps like that that we're looking to um, push on with. And rather than this idea, like, what do I need to do to make myself special? What do I need to do to enhance this potential that is within me? It's not really about that as a, an abstract concept. It's more going for the stuff that excites you and imagining you achieving it. And by virtue of doing that, you become the person that is expressing their potential. That's Yeah, that's exactly what this is what I do. <laughs> and uh, it never fails me. Because yeah. if that's all that you do, then no one can hold you back. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what anyone tells me, you know, like, how dare you <laughs> do that thing that you love, right? And and they they can see, they can possibly potentially tell you that if because of that, you're neglecting something else, like you're being a horrible parent or, you know, you're not yeah. providing for your family and all this. But here is what I have found in my experience. The more you nurture that capacity that you have to become greater, to become that person that now will overcome the person you were yesterday, the more capacity you have to do all the other things at the same time. Mm. In other words, this isn't something that takes away from you, which is the myth, right? This is the myth. That mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be, you know, be responsible, get the nine to five, you know, go, the, you know, be miserable because that means that you're a responsible parent or a husband or whatever. But really, when you start walking this path, the right, the righteous path of you being that giant that you came here to be, then you will see. We talked about this at the beginning, right? You are the center of the universe, means that. You are empowering yourself more and more, little by little, every day, in every way. And if you are empowered, how could you do anything that strips you and your surroundings of your responsibilities, right? If you are taking full responsibility for who you are, how, in what kind of equation does this stuff evaporate out of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So you're living into it. So the selfish description, the center of the universe description is really, it's really about doing what it is that you feel you need to do in order to give full expression to who you are um, and following that. Um, 
even if the naysayers on the sidelines, we have an expression in Ireland and we call them the hurlers on the ditch. So hurling is a game that, that we play with the sticks and the ball, you may or may not have seen it. And uh, it's uh, quite a fast game, but there's always these guys who are sitting on the ditches, who are watching the game, who are commenting on it. They're not in the game, they're commenting. So the hurlers on the ditch are the ones with the opinions who are never actually in the game. Um, so likewise, you will have these people who are who are commenting and they don't want you to, to push ahead because it makes them fearful. It maybe highlights their own inadequacies. And because of that, uh, they want to keep you in the group, in the herd. So right. your focus in order to, to stay selfish, to give, give yourself proper expression um, and show yourself to be the giant that you are, is really to just focus on the next thing. It's the focus on the next dream. It's the uh, it's focus on going for the thing that you need to go for, whether it's a change of job, whether it's a, a new career, whether it's traveling to the ends of the earth, whatever that may be. It's going for it because you're passionate about it and it's feeding that. And that's what allows you to, to, to become the giant, as it were. That's right. And ignoring the... I think a thing that I, I, I wrote recently was ignoring the comments which said, be realistic, because right. realistic is stay back with us. Right. Be realistic yeah. is stay in the reality that we built for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't create your own. Yeah. Wow. Vincent, look at the time, my friend. Every time we are like at, the, at minute 20 and I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is, I think this is going to be a short one this time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, how do how do you feel? We this is the first time that people will be able to see our silly faces while while we are um, talking, making our silly statements. So, how do you do? You feel you feel confident enough? Me being the introverted person I've always been, I'm shattered. I'm, <laughs> You've just exposed yourself in a manner of speaking. <laughs> talk, about, talk about taking full responsibility and doing, you know, going the extra step. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know how much you loved doing the podcast while being naked before. So I'm sorry that you can do it more. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so until next week, then. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.